Who's more to blame for the disappointing season that the Chicago Bulls have had? Is it head coach Billy Donovan? Is it the front office in Acme? Or the players? We're going to talk about who needs to be held most accountable for where the Bulls season went. We're also going to talk about which Bulls are the most expendable players in this upcoming offseason. We're going to talk about that. Plus, dive into the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, right off the top, if you want to follow me, you can do so at CEO Hayes. If you want to follow the show, you can do so at Bulls Central Pod. But anyway, thank you for joining us on another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Now, jumping right into it, I want to talk about this and piggyback off a topic that we talked about over on Locked On Bulls. We asked, who's more to blame for where the Bulls currently sit at right now? With the disappointing season that the Bulls have had, even though playing much better since the All-Star break, even though they're probably going to get into the playing tournament, who's more to blame for the disappointing season that the Bulls have had? Is it Billy Donovan is head coach for failing in many areas as a head coach and not really developing or using players always the best that they should be used or in the proper situations? Is it AK and Eversley for building the roster that the team currently has? Or are the players for starting off disappointing in Zach Levine at times, Io DeSumo not progressing and really taking a step back, Patrick Williams not being aggressive? Where should the most of it rely on? And while it's not any one party should be more to blame for any other one, in my opinion. You really have to look at it and evaluate the fact that everyone has their part in where the Chicago Bulls are right now and the fact that we have not had the season that we deserved or that we thought we were going to have and build off of from last season. So when you look at this, Billy Donovan has his failings as a head coach. There are times where he does not go to the hot hand. His schemes leave much to be desired. His defense as well, like it's like he does not adjust to what other teams are doing to the Chicago Bulls very often, very regularly, or in ways that is important and meaningful. And with that being said, it leaves us in a situation to where we have to definitely question the extension that Billy Donovan was given. Now, regardless of whatever that was, we know that Billy Donovan is not being fired. It's not going to be fired. And I know some Bulls fans still don't like hearing that and still hold out hopes that we're going to fire Billy Donovan and hire Ime Adoka. It's not happening right? He's going to be back here. Another entity that's going to be back is Acme. Uh, the AK and Eversley, the front office of the Bulls, the president of basketball operations and the GM who have built this roster. And even after the trade deadline and with a trade deadline and AK decided that we were going to be fairly quiet in, he talked about the team as if like we were going to play better, that the shooting wasn't an issue. And those things have absolutely played a part in the Chicago Bulls season. So when you look at this, right, even AK saying that, you know, uh, after this, uh, in February, saying that the, this is just a collection of information. These next, at that time, 28 games of where we are. Now, we've played the majority of those 28 games. we played 23 out of them. We have five games left on the season. And so the evaluation period that AK talked about and, and mentioned in that quote, you have to be coming close to the end of that evaluation and know what this team is and who or not you're going to bring back. Yes, Billy Donovan is coming back. Whether it's right, it's wrong, whether we agree, disagree, whatever it is. Billy Donovan will be back as the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. That brings its own things. But we cannot overlook the fact that this is a roster that AK and Eversley built. And also a coach that they went after and brought in in hype development, and he ain't developed a goddamn thing. Now, we can also put some of that on the players. Zach Levine is not the highest basketball IQ basketball player, and he hasn't played the best at the beginning of the season, but he's been playing damn good since you got him an actual point guard, which highlights what the work that we need to do in the offseason hit, right? You can look at head coach Billy Donovan, I already mentioned him. You can look at, you know, DeMar DeRozan being a quote-unquote ball hog as people label him. Nikola Vucevic not being the defender because people seem to just look at what Vuce doesn't do and forget what he does amazingly. But when you really look at it, 
it's a collection of all those things. But here's the thing. We're not here to place blame and to figure out really who's more at fault for where we are. It's who's more at fault for getting us where we need to get us. And that, ladies and gentlemen, lies at the at the feet of AK and Eversley as the people leading this franchise. Yes, Billy Donovan can coach better. Yes, Billy Donovan can do uh, not not rely on small ball so much. All those things are very well true. But it's up to AK and Eversley to evaluate what they have and to change this roster in a meaningful way. Going into this offseason, the real people who need to be evaluated, and I hate that I'm going to say this, is AK and Eversley. You talked about how you added DeMar DeRozan and, 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 and Lonzo Ball at a time where people didn't think you had assets. Cool. You get kudos for that. But what are you going to do now that you've built this team and you and it seems like you're you're hesitant to move off these players that you brought into this roster? You look at the Lonzo Ball situation, and while that's not AK's fault, I know some people are going to say, well, you decided to sign a player that had injury prone and injury history. Okay. But what happened and how Lonzo's careers went since he, since he came to the Chicago Bulls is not on AK and Eversley's fault. That's just a victim of circumstance. But you have to make a decision. And the reluctance, if they do have a reluctance to use the career-ending injury exception to get us those assets, to get us that money that we can use to add to this team, that's another indictment on AK and Eversley and them being married to these players and these assets they brought into this team, even when clearly you may need to move on to better and improve this team. That's the biggest people who are going to be evaluated this offseason. Yes, you want to see P. Will, you want to see Kobe, you want to see these players, these young players continue to progress in their offseason and come back with a different mentality. But it's really up to AK and Eversley and how they're going to build and change this roster in this offseason so we're not having another season where we're fighting for the scraps to be the last team in the playing tournament. That's my thoughts on you guys. Can let me know what you guys think on that one down below. Now, with that being said, and the work that AK and Eversley have to do, right? Who, which Bulls are most expendable in this offseason? And, you know, just at a bare minimum, not looking at the players that are like heavy, heavy rotation players, the, the players that are the most expendable are Marco Simonovic, Javante Green, and Carlo Jones. Marco, because apparently you guys drafted a player, albeit in the second round, but he's not able to contribute at an NBA level. The Bulls do not have the talent. The Bulls aren't out of place record-wise. The Bulls aren't good enough to have roster spots where you can just hope you're going to develop a player over three years plus, a decision has to be made on Marco Simonovic. If he's, if you can't put him out there on the NBA court to sink or swim, he doesn't need to be on this roster. We do not have the roster spots to waste on players. Javante Green, I love Javante, and I would much rather see Javante stay on this team. But when you look at the fact that he is a free agent at 29 years old, he like that knee injury may affect his market, and maybe you can get him back for cheaper. But you have a player in Derrick Jones Jr. who is cheaper theoretically, depending on what Javante signs or re-signs for, they can bring something similar. Now, he's not the energy player. He's not the one-on-one the, the -on -one defender that Javante is. Let me be clear there. But we have to add so much size to this roster that if it naturally pushes DJJ back to his natural position of playing the two slash three, I do think that we have a player that can give you something similar. Now, a decision may be needed to make. Maybe you move DJJ or hope that he's going to opt out of his player option. But with him having that player option and it only being, I think, $3 million, that's an asset for you. Carla Jones, again, Carla Jones, you guys gave him an NBA contract. You converted him and haven't used him since. That makes him expendable. But the next question up, outside of the expendable players, I know some people are going to disagree on the Javante Green thing. That's 100% fine. I kind of disagree with it myself. So with that said, which of the big three come, come back? Or do you, do you change the roster enough and bring in a point guard and a big man enough who, and that's if you don't re-sign, well, big three will be coming back, so Vooch will be back in what we're saying. But which one of these big three or how, what combination of the big three do you bring back, right? Do you move Zach Levine, who's younger, maybe can get you more out, who's, yeah, played better on the back half of the season, has some issues as a player, but 
He's a player that you, you re-signed. He has a massive contract. Do you move that just because of the number of the contract and maybe what uh, all the assets you can get back and how many spots you can fill in that? I think that's unlikely. I'm going to put that at a near 0%. 10% Zach Levine does not return to this team next season. The next one, DeMar DeRozan. And I know a lot of Bulls fans love DeMar. And they look at DeMar as this, quote-unquote, almost savior for the Chicago Bulls franchise because we made it to the playoffs when he came back and whatever. Listen, DeMar DeRozan is about to be a 34-year-old player with an expiring contract, and the Bulls are so far away from being a championship-contending team, I don't think he necessarily just gets a uh, a spot back automatically just because of how good he has been for the Bulls. Yes, he's been great. Yes, when he gets his picket spots in the fourth quarter, he's amazing. Yes, when you have a better team supporting him, he looks even better. I understand that, right? But we have to improve the team, and you can't bring everything back unless we want to run another season of continuity. Like I said, is there a world in which every member of the big three come back? Absolutely. But there, there would be, have to be so many changes made on the rest of the roster that I don't know if AK is going to have that active of an offseason to do that. Maybe I'm wrong, though. We'll see. Last one, Nikola Vucevic, right? Vuce is the hardest one to, to really evaluate here. Are the Bulls going to pay what he's what he is probably going to get out in the open market? Does he even want to return to this team with this coach that hasn't necessarily used him correctly, that he's had to change so much of his game to make this team work and make make it be viable, or is Vooch going to go out in the latter half of his career and go try to find him a, a situation in which he can contribute to a contender, even be it if Vooch has to take some out of his own game, if he has to sacrifice some of his own game, the least you can do is do it for a team that's going to be winning and contending. So there's questions even there in the big three. And then which one of the young players on this team returns or doesn't return? When you look at Kobe White, another free agent, could the Bulls force a signing trade? Does he go out and get more money than the Bulls are willing to pay him? I would assume well, another free agent who's had a sophomore slump. Do you look at saying, hey, we saw some flashes with you, but did he show enough? P. Will, do you move P. Will in a deal that's going to net you back another near star level player and you're going to give up on that potential of P. Will? Dalen Terry, I'm putting Dalen Terry. He's 100% coming back. I, it would... Not to say that there isn't a deal, like if a if a Dame Lillard, if a Jalen Brown, like if, if Jalen Brown becomes available and he wants to come to Chicago and what's stopping you is the, the Celtics wanting Dalen Terry, you send Dalen Terry. But I'm thinking unless a deal of that level comes available, Dalen Terry is going to be back as well. AK has decisions to make with this season, with this roster, this offseason. And we're going to get to see if he's in a position to really make the tough decisions or does he take another lob and make the easy decisions and bring back remotely. Oh, basically the same team. I guess we'll see. It remains to be seen. You guys can let me know what you think on all that down below. But that's it. Let's go ahead and get into the voicemails for today. This first voicemail, this one's from Ray. Hey, uh, this, one, this is uh, Ray from Columbus, Georgia. I just want to say that uh, I'm glad the Bulls got that win over the Lakers. And the guy who sort of surprised me most wasn't Andre Drummond or Zach Levine or Kobe White. It was Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan surprised me by not getting in his own way. Uh, at this point in time, I expect him to do double days because, you know, history suggests that he would. But um, when Boots got thrown out, we knew he was going to have to put Jordan back in, but we also thought that he was going to uh, make DJJ play the five for extended minutes because that's what he likes to do. But uh, when he saw that that wasn't working, he put Jordan right back in, and he let Andre Jordan work. He let uh, Jordan be the big man for this team. Uh, I wish that uh, John Moore killed him down low because we all know that's not a uh, that's not what Anthony Davis want to do. Anthony Davis want to you know be the perimeter guy. I, I'm not going to say he's soft, but he's not a center. He's a power forward, and I'm glad the Bulls 
Uh, we're supposed to go that weakness a little bit more, but hey, a win's a win. Uh, but uh, I also got, you know what? I got a question on what I asked you. Like, uh, what matches are you looking forward to against the Clippers? And a non-basketball question, like, which of the three faces of Big Foley would you want to see kind of promo against Macho Man Ready Savage? Like, which uh, which personality would be the funniest? I, it's just something that I was thinking about for a minute. But uh, hit me back when you can. All right. And Ray left that after the Lakers, as he said, after the Lakers win. Talk about Billy Donovan not getting in his own way. And I love the way that you put that because Billy Donovan sometimes does get in his own way. It just is what it is. Sometimes, not to say that Billy Donovan overthinks because I don't know if he thinks enough for me to say that, but sometimes Billy Donovan absolutely just doesn't make the right choice or he doesn't ride the hot hand or he makes a weird change to the lineup when we have a lineup out there that's working. He didn't do that in the Lakers game. Now, he's done it in the game since then which is just, it comes with Billy Donovan. But I, when, it, when it, it all boils down to this team and, and, and the coaching, unfortunately, the coaching isn't changing. Billy Donovan is coming back. It, like, like, this is face reality. He's coming back. And the best thing that AK can do is build a roster that's better suited to whatever, whatever Billy wants to run. And hopefully that's not small ball. Or you have to insulate the roster against him being so small and put some quality bigs out there that they're so good that Billy has to play them. So that's that's really the way that I look at it. I could be wrong on that, but hey, we'll see. Let me know what you guys think on Ray's uh, voicemail down below. All right, let's get into this next one. This one's from Big O. Hey, what's going on? Hey, it's your boy Big O, man, calling. Calling in, man. Just got done watching a couple of y'all videos, man. Uh, particularly the, uh, the video y'all talking about Damian Lillard to the Bulls. Man, I, w- I would love to get Dame, especially as good as Levine and the team in general playing all together. I know you guys brought up two scenarios where either one was Zach going uh, or DeMar going, but none of y'all talked about, and I don't even know if it's realistic or not. I'm just going to, you know, throw it out there. But none of you talked about uh, signing, trading Booch and keeping DeMar and Zach bringing on Damian Lillard. I I can't tell you off the top of my head if if, it will work with the salary removing Booch. But, you know, and obviously you would need a couple teams to play ball. But in that scenario, you know, that's $20 million of the 45 that you mentioned that Dame is due next season. And I'm just thinking, well, if you can sign and trade Boots, if there's somebody willing to pay Boots, uh, if somebody willing to pay Boots, you know, 20 some million, that's had you halfway there. Then obviously Derek Jones, I think he's around seven, eight million. I'm just throwing it out there again. Uh, so you'll probably lose a couple more players, but. The nucleus of Dane. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Tomorrow. And Zach, I think will be pretty good. I mean, I think that'll put us right there in that Knicks territory, how good the Knicks is. 
Now the thing is, you just go get you a defensive-minded center to, you know, play garbage ball. Maybe you bring Drummond back. Um, and I know, you know, you guys talked about how, you know, a defensive-minded or a center that don't shoot, how, how it would, you know, the offense would be clogged up because of DeMar. Well, guess what? DeMar is knocking down three. And a guy that can shoot as good as he's been shooting from the mid-range, you know, not to say he's going to be shooting as better as, as good as Zach or, you know, some of the elite shooters, but at least if he's willing to take and make, you know, a couple of loads a game, you know, I absolutely think it could work. But, you know, and I know you mentioned the Lonzo Ball situation, you know, obviously I have to have that come off the book. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. I think that's more of a complete competitive squad than with Boots with the, any of the other two combinations. You know what I mean? Because I think at that point, you know, you got three offensive guards that can go up against any other three in the in the NBA, especially when you're going up against Boston, who got Tatum, Brown, Brogdon, Smart. You know, you we have Lillard, Levine, and DeRose. You know what I mean? So, you know, the other pieces around there that have to be perfectly fit in, you would need to. All right. Big O talks about bringing in Dame Lillard. Would that not be a dream for the Chicago Bulls to bring in Damian Lillard? Now, you talk about signing trading boots. Now, keep in mind, signing trade means that another team would have to sign him. So, unless it's the Portland Trailblazers, you're not really working a boot signing trade in a, a in a Dame Lillard deal. And keep in mind also, even if another team does sign Nikola Vucevic and we get some assets back or whatever, um, it, it doesn't necessarily free up the perfect amount of cap space. It's not true cap space because we're a little bit over the cap projectedly anyway. So, like I said before, the biggest way that we are assets that we have that we can get Dame Lillard, unless the, the Portland Trailblazers just are interested in Vooch, which then, unless they're, if they're moving Dame, I don't think they're interested in Vooch, but uh, is the career-ending injury exception for Lonzo Ball that would give you $20 million back that you can then use to absorb? Uh, well, you can't because I think to use the, if to absorb, no, that's the designated player exception. So yeah, the career-ending injury exception, you can use that uh, to sign, to trade, whatever. Um, but you still would have to attach a, 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 a DeMar DeRozan or you would have to, uh, multiple players to get there and I don't know I, that's the thing it, it, it's interesting now it, it would be extremely difficult to bring in and, and you even said uh DJJ DJJ is making like 3.3 not 7 um but it, it's it's the financials if Dame wants to come to Chicago they'll find a way to make the financials work it just is what it is whether it is Lonzo Ball Lonzo Ball is the career ending injury exception or his contract outright and and DeMar get you get you 95 percent of the way there which is good enough right or you're going to have to move a DeMar or a Zach or whatever. It's 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 going to take a lot to do. Um, But, you know, I guess we can hold out hope. I don't necessarily see that it's going to happen. I don't think that that's a realistic thing that we're going to get Dame Lillard. But I would love for it to happen. I think Jalen Brown is probably more realistic. But even then, you still run uh issues there. So we'll see. If the Bulls can bring in Dame uh, and pair him with Zach Levine, you have a backcourt at that point that, yeah, has, has some dif- defensive issues. But you have a backcourt there that can score with the best of them. They may be but be able to become the best scoring backcourt in the NBA at that point. So how much other scoring do you need on the roster at that point? Do you still need a DeMar DeRozan who primarily is just scoring? I think if you're going to pair DeMar, I'm sorry, uh, Dame with either DeMar or Zach, you need defense on that lineup after that point because you got enough scoring at that point elsewhere on the roster. So we'll see, man. We'll see if the Bulls can get creative. AK gets creative enough to bring in Dame Lillard. Every bit of the the things that I throw into him, I'll take back, but I doubt that's going to happen. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Brian. Yo, what's good, Hayes? This your boy, Brian, again. So I got a few things I want to say before tonight's game. Number one, tonight, I believe, is an important game. Well, every game, just like you said, is important for the Bulls. But 
this is important more so because I want the Bulls to help Pat Bev keep his word on helping knocking out the Lakers. Because honestly, all season, I feel like there's been more deserving teams of media attention outside of the Lakers. You know, and honestly, I just don't want to see LeBron, you know, in the playoffs. You know, that's number one. Number two, um, on the Bulls in particular, right? Yes, everything is not on Billy. But at the same time, the reason why I put the majority of the blame on him is because there are things that this team can do that he does not put any emphasis on, you know, specifically rebounding as a goddamn team, man. You know, every game we see, whenever a shot goes up, nobody box out, everybody's head is getting ready to turn, and they're going to go back down court. And that's been one of the main killers on the reason why the Bulls have lost so many games this season. Nobody rebounds as a team. And with that, too many goddamn switching on these pick and rolls. You know, I believe if, if they play a little bit more man-to-man, you know, that could definitely alleviate some of the shit that they've been dealing with, getting caught up on unnecessary switches, also getting back in transition defense. That also helps, you know. But then on the offensive side of the ball, yes, I do believe that they need to push the pace a little bit more, you know, not give any of these teams any opportunities to set up in half court and, and just keep the pressure going. You know, I think if if they play with that mentality like they're down every single possession, I don't give a damn if they are about 20. They need to fucking play like they down about 20. And with that, they can keep that pressure going, you know. But, yeah, you know, that's that's pretty much it, man. You know, team team rebounding, man, limit as many turnovers as they possibly can, take good, efficient shots, um, keep the ball movement, you know. Keep keep moving the fucking ball around, man, and and not get caught up in too many lost possessions, you know. So I'm definitely looking forward to tonight's game, man. And I'll be looking forward to your pregame video and your halftime show. So I'll holler at you. Take it easy. All right. Brian talks about the Lakers getting unjust media attention. It's just the Lakers, bro. And when LeBron went there, it just made it even worse. The Lakers are already going to get a bunch of media attention, whether LeBron is there or not. Then you throw in LeBron James on that roster as well. Yeah, they're going to get some media attention, unfortunately. But the thing is, when you talk about, um, you know, the Bulls' lack of rebounding as a team, that's that's a coaching scheme. Even the so many switches, that's a coaching scheme thing. If you if you pay attention, and, and a lot of people blame it just on, like, P-Will or whatever, but if you pay attention to the Bulls' defensive scheme is, or offensive scheme specifically, once a shot goes up, most of the players run back to set up on defense because we don't have the best one-on-one defensive players. That's literally been Billy's system since he came to Chicago. We've been doing that. And it's not something I agree with all the time. Like, yeah, there are going to be some, especially when you're already smaller, there's going to be some uh, opportunities where it does make more sense to run down and set up your defense than fight for a rebound that you may not get. And then you get caught out of position. But a lot of Billy Donovan schemes things are in the, the in the critiques that you laid out there. And I think that's a problem with Billy. And that's one of my biggest issues with Billy Donovan as a head coach is just those type of scheming issues that don't make sense. The staying to switching when we're clearly, clearly getting killed by it and teams are just getting wide open shots every time we switch or double, right? That's a coaching scheme thing. The lack of rebounding as a team, that's a coaching scheme thing. Now, yeah, you can. there are some players that definitely follow up their shots and there's some opportunities you absolutely should, but overall the Bulls, just as a team, don't try for very many offensive rebounds. That is why you see when the Bulls do get a lot of offensive rebounds, we typically win those games. So, that's, that goes back to some of my issues with Billy Donovan, but you're spot on in your analysis there overall, Brian. 
Thank you for leaving that voicemail. Let's get into this next voicemail, the last voicemail for today. This one's from Shay. What's up, hey? This is Shay. You know, I was watching the video that you just did when you recapped the Lakers' loss. And in that you said uh, you really want them, the Bullets to make the play-in, but with how inconsistent we are playing this season, you know, what do we have to gain or something like that? I mean, I might be misquoting it, but you said something like that. You know, I'm here to say this. If we do make the play-in or the playoffs, we have a lot to gain from it. Like, it, this will show players what we need to do in high-pressure winning situations. And it will show, you know, people what they need to work on in the offseason to make this team a much more winning team. Think about it. Remember when Jimmy Butler was here and he could barely hit a jump shot? All he could do is just drive to the line and hit free throws and maybe play defense. You know, I think those playoff appearances and the one playoff appearance that he had during his second year made him made him better, made him focus on what he needs to focus on in the offseason, and he's able to watch tape. And, hey, and hell, I think the think with us in the playoffs last season, how excellent Kobe White was, it definitely helped him out this season because if you, if you think about it, he was turning the ball over last season, and in and this season he ended up showing more improvement on his defense, and he worked on his handles a lot more than what he did, you know, last year. So I think that there is, which I think you probably already know this, it is a beneficial for us to make the postseason this year because it will show other players what they need to do in terms of what needs to be done, whether they be on this team or another different team, you know you know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense to you because I have a hard time expressing myself or what I'm saying, you probably don't understand what I mean. But, you know, hey, that's just me. Anyway, tell me what you think. All right. so. Shay talks about what the Bulls have to gain from a play-in. And here's what I'm going to say to that. What do we feel the Bulls gained from a playoff series last season? Did Patrick Williams come back playing better like we hoped he'd play even after a playoff series and DeMar DeRozan uh, training him this offseason? Did uh, Kobe White? Okay, we can give Kobe. Did Zach Levine come off the ground running like we thought he would after Olympics and then a playoff run? No, but again, could be injury there. Did the continuity work over a team that basically the same team made the playoffs and then came back this season? Did that work? The, the theoretical benefit of a play-in or playoff push is there, right? Learning to fight, learning to go through what needs to happen, how you need to play, how you need to execute, how you need to prepare for playoff games is absolutely true there, right? And I would love to see that. But you mentioned Jimmy Butler, and I think that that's a bad comparison because Jimmy Butler just had the work ethic that he was going to work on his game and improve no matter what happened, right? And I think I see similar ways in, in Dale and Terry as well, and I hope that comes out. But overall, it's just... I don't necessarily know. I, listen, I want to see the team make the plan. I want to see them make that push. I want to see them fight. I want to see them compete. I want to see them do all those things to make a play-in push and hopefully get to the playoffs. I don't know how much hope I have in them making out of the plan, but hey, I didn't have much hope for them making a play-in recently either, and now that has turned around. At the end of the day, you win what's in front of you, and I do think that AK resigned himself to saying, we're going to see whatever the natural conclusion of this season is, and then we're going to make our moves based off that. If it ends up with the Bulls making a play-in push and then getting eliminated and being back in the lottery, so be it. If it ends with the Bulls winning the play-in tournament, coming out of that, going into the playoff series, playing however they play in that playoff series, so be it. It is what it is. It does not change what needs to happen this offseason, and that is the work that needs to be made on the roster this offseason. That's my thoughts. Let me know what you guys think down below. All right, let's get into this last one. This actually is a text. This one's from JT. JT says, what up, Hayes? This is JT. I saw the Locked On Bulls episode. The question that was asked was, what does P-Will do good? 
I feel like we won't have an answer until our coach BD is gone. Yes, aggressiveness and mindset on offense plays a part in his development, but BD does a horrible job in coaching scheme and putting players in the best position to blossom. Inconsistent lineups, moving P. Will to the bitch, and he's in a position to get the amount of shots that we would want him to because we have Zach Vooch and DeMar on this team. Maybe next year if we get rid of DeMar and gave P. Will DeMar a spot and position, when we when we will get a fourth overall type player that we want to see. Tell me what you think. I've said this before. When when P. Will gets plays called for him, when he gets double-digit shot attempts, he looks like a completely different player on both sides of the ball. His defensive rating is better. His offense is better. He produces better. I do think that P. Will has suffered from not necessarily being put in the situation that normal fourth overall picks are given. He came to the team with Zach and DeMar, basically. With Zach, at that point, Laurie, he wasn't really used as a rookie to really have a ton of offensive shots. Second year, same thing. He got hurt, went down, things like that. Third year, we're seeing the same exact thing. P. Will is not giving the role offensively or in ball handling or really in anything in a scheme that forces development. Now, again, yes, his mindset and aggressiveness absolutely plays a part. I don't want to take or, 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 or take away that responsibility from him and what he needs to do. He needs to be aggressive regardless. But when you have a player that you know struggles from confidence, it is up to the coach to build that confidence in a player. And BD does not do that. Let's see if that changes. Um, you know, I, I still have high hopes. I think that the superstar potential of P. Will, that's, I, like I said before, I just want to see P. Will become Luau Dane. That type of impact, that type of player, that two-way impact, you bring that, you can play on a team for a decade. So we'll see what happens with P. Will. I still have my hopes on him. Not as high as what they once were. But I do think that P. Will is and can be one of those players with a different coach that invests in him a little bit more. We'd be looking at him completely differently. I know not everyone's going to agree on that. But that's it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all, because I'm in all red now. Uh-uh. <laughs> Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.